Are you looking to take your business or your brand to the next level? Want to make a name for yourself and share what you do best with a bigger audience? There's never been a more exciting time to jump in. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Your hosts are Terry Trespicio and Paula Rizzo. With their combined media experience and top-notch guests, Paula and Terry will get you ready to shine. Here are your hosts, Terry and Paula. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Trespicio. And every week on this show, we show you how to tap your expertise and take it out into the world so that you can grow your brand and your business. This week, do you need a book to get booked? We're going to big question. Big one. We're going to talk about how a book can catapult your media career and why books are absolutely still relevant and why it works for getting attention for your work. So joining us a little bit later in the show is Farnoosh Tarabi, who's a financial, uh, personal finance expert, uh, author and founder of the Book to Brand Workshop and the host of a little podcast you might have heard of called So Money. And she's actually part of a little mastermind that Paula and I are in, uh, women business owners in New York City, a very, very small mastermind. And uh, she has never ceased to impress us, and she will impress you too. Yeah, it's uh, very fun to have uh, people to kind of sound off on and have, you know, uh, that that mastermind group. For those of you who don't know mastermind, mastermind group is basically putting a bunch of like-minded people together and working on stuff in your business. uh, And... uh, Farnoosh is a part of ours. And, uh, you know, we're really fortunate because, you know, we all kind of swim in the same circles in the same space, uh, you know, doing some media. She's done tons of media. And so it's great to be able to have her perspective. And I think you guys are going to love her when she pops up here in just a little bit. Um, But, you know, as a producer uh, for so many years, uh, over 16 to be exact, um, I can tell you that you don't have to have a book to get media, but you better believe it really helps. helps. It does, you know, because if I'm looking at two experts who on the surface look pretty similar, right? You know, they're doing the same. They're both nutritionists, but one has a book and one does not. That book is instant credibility, seal of approval, because I look at it from the standpoint of, oh, a publisher said that they're an expert in that and they are and they gave their blessing and okay, let's go with them, right? They invested in them. Mm Right. Right. Exactly. But not only that, it also means you're serious about it because you went through the paces on actually putting a book together, which I know as an author is not easy. It takes a a long time. There's a lot of steps. Um, And some people say, forget it. I don't want to do it. But for those people who do want to put their message out there and do it in, in the way of, you know, a a book and have it published, it, it says something about you, you know? Um, but not to say that I haven't booked people who did not have a book. Oh, right. Sure. Including me. I, mean, you I was going to say, you were the perfect example, right? Yes. I mean, you didn't have a book when I, when I booked you. I still um, don't. <laughs> I still don't. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But it's coming. But, um, th- you know, that's the thing too. I was booked on TV or, or you know, not TV, but um, internet. I'm trying to think what else. Podcasts. Magazines. Hello. Magazines. Magazines. Everything. And I didn't have a book. You know, I had a, I had a blog, listproducer.com about productivity and list making. Uh, and I got myself out there as an, as an expert in that way. But, you know, producers like to see that you've done a little bit of the legwork. Does it work the same way on the magazine side where, oh, where you were for so long? Yes. And, you know, you get, you'd be excited every day because you get a whole bunch of mail every day as an editor. It is and like Christmas. It's yeah. Christmas. And you want to see what's in there. And, you know, you open up and see what books are coming out. Now, 
there's something called galleys, right? The early version of the book. It's not the finished shiny on the shelf version, but like a rougher version that's bound together. There's no frills. And that's the one I'd be excited to see because it's what's about to come out. So I wasn't looking at design, the cover art. There's none of that. I would just look at the book, the title, Content. the author. Did I sit down and read them cover to cover? Oh, hell no. I would have not been able to do any other work. So as to your point, Paula, about how, you know, uh, it shows the effort I would absolutely read through parts and skim for what serves me in my publication. But I want to clarify that it's not that the person, producer, editor, reads the whole book and then decides to use you. Sometimes I just glance at the book and know I want to use you. Right. So or read a chapter, maybe. Read, right, read a little, skim through. No one's sitting and reading the whole thing. But you know what, Paula? The, the bookshelf that I had... Uh, when I had a bookshelf and then I moved to a cubicle, I had a pile. It's sort of <laughs> my visual Rolodex because if uh-huh. I were working on a story, I would just look at that shelf and go, hmm, who do I want to use? And I would look at the name. So if you didn't have a book, it's not that I wouldn't use you, but you're not in front of me. And yeah. so that I would think like, I couldn't think about a story without standing in front of the bookshelf or the book stack. And so that's reason enough. You want more real estate in front of a producer or editor and a book's a great way to do it. Well, it's true. And also, you know, going to, uh, you know, the websites, Barnes and Noble or to Amazon and just putting in whatever subject matter you're looking for somebody for mm-hmm. and seeing who has a recent book on it. That's because, you know, me too, because, you know, they'll be easy to get because they'll want to be promoting their book. You know, they're an expert in that field. They've written a whole book about it. Um, it's so, sort of a shortcut, right? So you want to be on that list. You want to be there. So then producers and editors are, are looking for you. They find you, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you, when you're an author, you know, and you know this, you've done the heavy lifting and you're ready to talk about it. Now, what's the what, best way to talk about it? How do you get media for it? What do you pitch? Uh, how do you do it? We'll get into that a little bit later. But for you, when your book uh, came out, you had your blog, then, your, then, then Listful Thinking came out. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what you did to get that book attention. Because another thing is, the book doesn't come out like you have a baby and you expect everyone just to come over and see it. You had to, once the book's out, then your work starts. Yeah, right? I and mean, even bef- way, before, way before for that, pre-orders. But the book for itself, all- it's not Christmas. It's that people don't just come to get it. Right. No. And so I, you know, it's, it's so funny because I remember asking my publisher, what happens like on the day of pub? Like what, what literally, like, I thought like something, literally like, literally, she was like, the book comes out, period. <laughs> you know, I oh, was like, I thought like, bucks. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, you're another one on a Tuesday that comes out. Cause they always come out on Tuesdays. Um, oh, it's, Ooh, yeah, I didn't, know that. I didn't know that either until mm-hmm. I was like, huh. They're all on Tuesdays. Uh, traditionally published, published books are. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, having a book come out is like running a business. And you are so part, I mean, that's really, I mean, I've always sort of had an entrepreneurial bug, but when yes. I wrote my book and having that come out, that was where I was like, okay, this is like a real thing. I need to be thinking of it, the story arc of this book, you know, before it comes out, how can I get people interested? The book is out. And even now the book has been out for three years and I still get media around it. I still get editors and producers who call me and say, hey, we have, we have uh, you know, something about lists. You know, Fast Company just called me like two weeks ago. Um, could so you cool. talk about it? Of course. Always yeah. have a book in there. 
Exactly. A list person. But even before it came out, you were not just, hey, everybody, my book's out. Will you please look at it? You already had the blog for one. But is there something yes. you give us as like a thing that you did that you think changed it? Because your book has been translated into like many languages. It's in many countries. You're getting opt-ins from people who don't speak English. Yes, um, I do yeah, all the time. Some of that happens on its own, but a lot of it was what you did to get it mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really just took pieces of the book and thought, hey, how could I pr- better promote this? How could I find a team of people to help me? Uh, and so I did enlist the help of people who had followed my blog for a long time. Ah. Uh, and and I put together, yeah, I put together a little VIP launch team where I gave them some, you know, special freebies and, you know, they were along for the ride with me. And mm-hmm. so I think they liked the idea of going behind the scenes and being able to see like, what is it to, to, produce a book? How do you do this? How do you get it out there? Because the publisher helps to an extent. Um, and I know that Farnish will talk an about extent, this a little bit. To an extent. To an extent. word. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, you know, I, I loved the publisher that I worked with. It was a small press. And so I got a lot of say in, you know, what the book cover looked like, what the back, you know, back cover, um, what the, the copy was on the back. Most authors don't get that leeway. I, I mean, I picked the cover for the book. I mean, which, that's rare. It is rare unless it's self-published, you know? Um, So I loved having that partnership with them, but, you know, they pitch it for a while and they made some good connections for me, but then it's up to you to sort of keep it going and keep it fresh. And so for me, it was really thinking through how could I give this some legs, as we say, you know? Um, Oh, yeah. That it's not just the book came out in January. January is great list-making time because people are making New Year's resolutions. That's great. But then January is over and then what? Right. So what are the other things that I could do to sort of keep the book going? Um, There's a and, lot and of pre-work that you did. I mean, you were also building your email list. You had yes. people that you were talking to regularly. You were previewing, previewing this book is coming, you know, like you had to tell them that you knew it was coming. That helps on the editorial side, too, because, well, for print magazines, which is where I worked, we plan like six months ahead. I mean, we're still working on the stories up until they go, you know, print, they get printed, but you're planning it so far ahead so that I would look at these galleys, these unfinished galleys and think, Ooh, how could I work that in? How could I use that? I'm looking at it as kindling to throw on the fire of the editorial, like ideas and stories. But, uh, but here's the thing. Sometimes, uh, for whatever reason, they wouldn't send me the galley or I didn't get it or whatever. And they would send the finished book, like the mm-hmm. week it comes out and I'd get the book. Can you promote it? It's yeah, no. June 1st and the book's just out or whatever. But the problem is I'm now planning for October. And right, so for magazine world, were, right. Even if I were to mention the book, it's going to be six months around. There's no way for me to get it in now, unless by chance there's an opening and an issue. So you have to think way ahead of even the publication date. People do focus on the day it comes out and expect that once it's out, it'll just do the work for you. And it won't. So well, that's and, and the pitch itself, right? So sometimes it is the, you know, the, this new book is out. Will you do something right. on this new book? But beyond the beginning of, of the, after you publish it, what else can you offer? And no one cares about your book. Let's just be honest. That's just how it is. It's nope. an occasion. It does create a timeliness. But the book itself, you're saying, no one cares. Yeah, no one cares. No one cares. I mean, I know that's terrible to say, and I feel terrible for myself as an author, but no one cares, right? Um, (laughs) Please, you're feeling bad for yourself. I really am. That's what this show is about. Um, So, but I, uh, you know, recognize as a producer that you need to bring more than just the book. What is the content of the book? 
who are you pitching it to, right? It's everything that we talk about, you know, in our course, Lights, Camera Expert, um, you know, when we work with clients one-on-one, it's knowing who your audience is and how to pitch them, not just the book, but the content inside the book that will change their life. What is it in there that you can show them that will, tomorrow, they can do their, their, their daily day-to-day differently and they're going to have a better result. As you know, because you're an expert in this, so it's very targeted. Yeah, people miss that. They think, and this is very common. I now have a book, or I'm about to have a book in a few months, and I want to get on this show and that magazine to promote the book. Well, guess what? You never lead with that because no one cares. Because what you're saying is, I need to come in and show because I have a thing to sell. It's like, well, tell me what I get out of this. So Mm -hmm. you wrote your book, or you're planning on writing a book because you have a mission, right? So you're you're there to help people do something, make something better. Think of that book as, as, well, a big piece, a huge pie, actually. No one wants a whole pie. You just take out slices and serve this slice to this crowd and this slice to this crowd. Think of targeting little bits of information, little pieces of the book and selling that. And But don't worry, they're going to credit the book because, hey, it looks good to say that this came from an established source. That matters. But don't mm-hmm. you think, like, you never went at someone and said, can I come promote my book? Like, that's not how you pitched. No, I mean, no, not me. Like, you know, you, I mean, no, no, your book. I'm talking about like listful thinking. It's all about lists and list making to have a stress, a less stressful and successful life. What's an example of like one thing you pitched, like one idea from that? You didn't go. I want to tell your readers all about how lists are wonderful. No, you went for one thing. Yeah, it was detox your to do list, right? I love how do that. you go through and detox your to do list? Um, I'm trying to think. You and I did something together when you were at Martha. Um, holiday lists. It was holiday lists, right? It was like how not to get overwhelmed by your holiday lists or something like that. Um, I love so that, it like, wasn't detox is so cool because no one we think of detox your diet. You don't think of detoxing a to do list, but that was an original idea. Yeah, that was uh, I did that with Doctor Oz um, magazine, um, and it was great. I mean, that was a really good. Um, That's such a great good, angle for them. Yeah, it was. It's it like was a healthy really angle. Whereas if you went and pitched, say, Inc. or like Entrepreneur or whatever, if you were going to do content for them, you'd focus on the need of the business owner. Or the, yeah. So it's kind of like think of your book as a, as a tool that you can apply parts of it to different needs. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I don't and, think people think that way. No, well, I, how would they know? I mean, the, the, really, the only way that your book gets out there as on its own is if you're a celebrity, right? If, it. if, you know, JJ Virgin is coming out with a new book, I don't care what it is. I want JJ in the studio, you know? Of course. Jillian Michaels. Reason. Yes. Totally. Jillian Michaels has a new book. Okay, fine. Let's go. Let's bring her in. You know what I mean? So, um, but most people do not have that status uh, and are not able to just kind of say, hey, here's what I want to come talk about. So no, you really look need at, to You find- have your faves. You have your favorite experts, right? And I mm-hmm. had mine too. When yeah. one of your favorite experts, who you would use anyway, you would have booked them anyway. But when they say, hey, Paul, I have a book coming out. Oh, what's the book? Of it course. It becomes exciting because it's theirs. So mm-hmm. that's why we always emphasize that you need to have those relationships first because Before. then they'll care when the book comes out. And by the way, they still may not read it cover to cover. Um, and Paul, that's one of my little pet peeves about when you do, let's say you have a book, you pitch mm-hmm. an idea, they love it, they have you on the air. My job when I was hosting a radio show for Martha, um, my job was to ask questions about the book because the listener hadn't read the book and didn't know about the book. Of course. But the, the complaint from someone who does not understand media would be, I don't understand. She interviewed me and asked all these questions. It was as if she hadn't read the book. Well, this isn't a book club. This <laughs> is an interview where I have to then. And guess what? The times when I did read the book and I knew the book really well, the worst interviews 
because I was too inside it with the author. And what a lovely coffee date. Not a great interview for people who don't know about the book. Right, right, right. So it's, it's pays like, to be in. ignorant. This is my motto. This is what I always say. That's what, that's what she always <laughs> says. Um, but, you know, I think another good point here is that you don't wait until the book is about to come out to start doing media. You yes. need to be setting doing that groundwork from beforehand because you're right. I mean, I have a lot of great examples of experts that I had used through the years. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we have a book. Okay, fine. We love you. Bring, we'll bring you on. Let's talk about, you know, what's something in the book that we can then talk about. And then but we would frame matters. something. But it's the relationship. And so people think, oh, once I, once I get my book, I'll start, I'll do media training then. No, nope. oh, I'll figure out what to pitch then. It's nope. too late. It's too, too late. late. In fact, um, Paula, we do have a little special gift. I feel like we should tell people about it. Let's tell them. Let's tell them. Because if you're thinking, well, I might want to do a book or I have a book in the works. Why well, I have to do media now? Yes. And if you're not sure how to do it, please let us help. This is what we do. We actually have for our Voice America listeners, a special gift, mm-hmm. a free three-part video course that we are giving to you uh, that you can just access right now if you want. And you just go to beamediamagnet.com. We set that up for Voice America fans, beamediamagnet.com. And Paul, they put in their stuff. They get access right away. And we tell you how to, how to think about yourself as a brand and a media contributor. That's right. And it, you know, it's super fun. And you get to hang out with me and Terry, this video series with the two If you want to so. do that. If you like that, I, I think they, I think they like it. I hope so. Just saying, I'm, I'm telling them what they need. You guys okay. need it. But, and what you also need to do is stick around because coming up, Next will be our lovely Farnoosh Tarabi. She's the creator of the Book to Brand Workshop. She's going to tell you why having a book is so critical and how to get attention for it. That is coming up after the break. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise on Voice America Variety. We will be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're 
You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. I'm Terry Gisby Show and joined, by, joined as always by Paula Rizzo. Hello. We're talking, hello. We're talking all about the role a book can play in your growing brand, your business, and your media career. And we are thrilled to have with us Ms. Farnoosh Tarabi. Yes. Hi. Good, good, good day, good morning, good evening. Good day, good, what good whatever. Listening yes. to this, watching this. <laughs> well, we've been fans of Farnoosh for a long time. So let me yes. roll out the red carpet, shall I? Uh, mm-hmm. Farnoosh Tarabi is one of the America's leading personal finance authorities. She's uh, been helping Americans live their richest, happiest lives for years. And she was an early reporter for Money Magazine. And she uh, hosted a primetime series on CNBC. She writes a monthly column for Oh! The Oprah Magazine. She's become of one, of one of America's favorite go-to experts. Uh, of course, we said she also hosts her own award-winning podcast, So Money, where she chats with leading experts and authors and influencers about their financial perspectives, failures, and habits. By the way, Paul and I have both been on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Farnish is also a sought-after speaker, a best-selling author of multiple books, which is what she's here to talk about. Her latest is entitled, When She Makes More. She's been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Forbes, Money, Time. I could go on, NBC, Today Show, you've seen her. We're really thrilled to have you here, Farnoosh. So listen, yeah. you're no stranger to the book world, and you do a lot of other stuff, as we said, writing, contributing, appearing on lots of things. But you say that writing a book was one of the best career decisions. Tell us why. Yes. So pivotal in helping me catapult my career. I wrote my first book. It published in 2008. And I was at the time working full time for a company. Uh, I had a a desk job as a a reporter at thestreet.com. And for me, in my mind at the time, writing a book was just going to be an an opportunity for me to get out there a little bit more, maybe do some speaking. My mom would be really proud. <laughs> uh, yes. That was the but beginning, just a small middle, stepping end of it. stone. Right. Small stepping stone. Uh, of course, I think I was just kidding myself because I, I knew that every day I would see authors in action as a reporter and a producer. I was my job to interview these folks a lot of the times and I would be exposed to their careers, which was not just writing, but speaking and brand partnerships and more books and uh, consulting opportunities. So I, I think that I had an, an inkling of what was on the other side, but uh, I was just kind of, you know, putting on my seatbelt and hoping that at least people would read the book. That was step one. The book came out and it was as I say, it took on a life of its own in some ways. Um, that first book was what? So Money? You're So, you're money. so money. Live Rich Even When You're Not. It was my first book to kind of introduce me as an expert in my field, which was at the time covering the personal finance landscape. I was also a millennial and or young adult trying to piece my financial life together. So I had my own story, but also as a reporter, I was able to collect a lot of other advice, stories, and package it into this book and really be what I wanted to be, what my kind of personal brand, although we didn't call it that at the time, I think was to um, position myself as an advocate for young people who otherwise felt really lost at sea when it came to how to manage their money. I wanted to be the best friend, the girlfriend, Mm. 
but also the expert. And the book was a way for me to package all of that in a nice way and also to get out there more and become known as this person who wants to help. The first day when the book came out, got booked on the Today Show. Whoa, wow. Yeah, that That was was like your first interview. (laughs) And how did that come about? Well, it was definitely thanks to the book. It was, I was there for the book, but, you know, even when the book crossed the producer desk, as they're considering a lot of authors for, you know, their segments, it wasn't enough to just have a book. They also wanted to make sure that I was camera ready. So if you're thinking of writing a book and have no camera experience, take Paul and Terry's <laughs> workshop. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but so they wanted a reel. They wanted to see me in action on TV doing other right. things. Mm-hmm. And I put that. And fortunately, because I worked in the media, I had that. Not a huge, uh, not a huge reel, but something to show them that I wouldn't choke on live television. Right. Exactly. And that helped to seal the deal. But even then, you know, so they booked me. They said, okay, you're, you're going to come on, you know, whatever it was, March 20th. Uh, what do you want to talk about specifically? I mean, you have three minutes, right? And while you're paired with a producer, you're still considered the expert. And so you need to come to that meeting with a lot of ideas, not just talking points, but visually, how are we going to put this show on the air? And Mm -hmm. that was another skill set that I fortunately had because I worked as a producer. So uh, I came up with some ideas and we were able to collaborate. I think that a lot of times people think that, you can just uh, be picked out of ex- obscurity and appear on Good Morning America, but there's a lot that goes in. That's a lot that's involved in that. Certainly, if you're a part of breaking news, they'll put anybody on camera because they want to <laughs> right. be the first. They need you, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's a book and it's kind of an evergreen topic, they're going to pick who they think is the best. Being an author, uh, kind of as you pointed out before, is sort of positions you as the at least one of the best. And, but beyond that, to get on certain levels of media, national appearances, they want to make sure they're also camera ready, that you are good at articulating your message, that you also have ideas because you don't want it just to become a one-off, right? You want to be able to build a relationship with these producers so that when your book is old news, but they're still talking about money, they're still talking about your expertise, that they'll invite you back. And so I knew that for me, going on the Today Show with the book was really an audition in some ways to make sure that I, I nailed it, but that I also didn't screw up to the point where they wouldn't invite me back. And, and uh, it was the beginning, thankfully, of a really great uh, partnership relationship. And that was, you know, back in 2008, you said, you know, um, releasing that book up until now today. So here we are, you know, uh, 10 years later, and uh, you still have relationships with the Today Show. You're still going on there. You're still pitching them. And it's not that like every pitch, this is for everyone to know, uh, not every pitch connects. I mean, there's experts who I loved who they would pitch me and I'd be like, I love you, but I don't love that topic. Or we just did that. Or no, I can't do it. So it's not like it's going to be every time you're going to get in, but you're so much more um, likely to once you've done it and you're pitching them, right? I mean, you do a lot of pitching still. Uh, Yes, I do. And not because I think that every time I pitch, I'm going to get booked, but more because I want to stay on their radar. I want to see. Yeah. So that when they get their big idea, that's usually how it happens these days. I find that at the national level, it's not that they're waiting for for pitches so much as they're, it's their job to be looking at what is trending, what is current, what's an idea that we can uh, execute on, on tomorrow's show or next week's show. And right. they'll think, okay, who's the right person for this segment? And if you had just emailed them two days ago, 
although that idea may not have fit them at the time, they may come back to you and say, hey, we don't really want to do this, but what about this? Right, exactly. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's really how it's happened a lot of times. Mm Mm-hmm. What about the biggest misconception? You work with a lot of authors, uh, aspiring authors on your book to brand workshop. Some mistakes that people make uh, first time out, you know, um, when it comes to writing and selling a book. Well, I think that because of the self-publishing industry and that's become so uh, accessible and I, I think that self-publishing a book has a lot of merits to it. You can get your book out there really quickly. People sort of uh, sometimes want to rush the book process. They want to just write the book and then start marketing it because for them it's not about necessarily writing the best book, a defining book, but having something to show and throw at producers and, yeah, I wrote a book, I'm an author. Because really anybody mm-hmm. can be an author these days, right? You can self-publish. Not everybody can get a traditional public publishing deal, but I think that sometimes I turn people away from my workshop who I can sense just want to get to that finish line. I can I appreciate being aggressive. I appreciate I'm impatient too, but I really want people who first and foremost want to write an important book that is reflective of their message. That um, you know, it's not about topping the New York Times bestseller list and gaming that. And I right, get that sometimes. People are like, well, how do I, are you going to teach me how to become yeah, number one? Right. The- I'm like, that is the wrong reason. It's the same reason when people come to us and we help a lot of people who want to be in the media too. And if the reason, the primary reason you want to be in the media is so you can be in the media, that's a short and dead end because yeah. that's not the real reason. But you brought up self-publishing. Uh, obviously, self-publishing has changed dramatically in the past 10 years, even five years. And the perception of it has changed too. So, when you just said, well, not everyone can get a regular traditional publisher, so then they're self-publishing. A lot of people would look at self-publishing as not just the the have-nots, the people who aren't good enough for traditional. What is your perspective on it now? I think that, again, uh, it's really about saving time, too. It's There's a lot the of benefits. And why. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are benefits to self-publishing that have a lot of merits. Uh, you know, one is that you can come out with your idea a lot sooner. You don't maybe want to it's not like you want to come out next week with your book, but you know, traditional publishing could take a good two years before that two-year time frame. You know, you could change your mind about your, you know, your your perspectives on things. The world changes, and I think that if you're looking to use the book as a way to build your platform, two years is a long time to uh, uh, wait for that yeah. to happen. Yeah, self-publishing, I think it is not easy, you know, to do it well. You, ha- I think in some ways it's harder be- other than the fact that you don't have to get approval from someone to give you money to publish your book and distribute it. But, but you are investing in it. But you are investing <laughs> in it. You have to find an editor. I mean, unless you plan to do it all yourself, and if you do, God bless, but you got to find the, the right editor, cover artist, uh, PR person, perhaps, uh, distributors. It's, it's, it's a business. It's a business. It's a business. I mean, there are definitely a lot of people who just want to write books to put them in the hands of their existing followers or Mm -hmm. to give them out for free. That's not what I'm about. Like, I want to write a book that helps to change people's lives around the world. And for that, you need distribution. And for that, you know, you need a bigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Farnoosh, go ahead, Paul. I was just going to say, what about um, your perspective? Because I know my perspective, but I want to hear what you think about getting media for self-published versus traditionally published books. Because that, to me, has always been a question that people ask me, but I want to know what what you think on that front. 
Sure. So it doesn't, I don't think that a self-published book versus a traditionally published book necessarily means that the, the, the self-published author is less of an expert or his or her ideas aren't as valid. Although I do think that, and I, you kind of alluded to this earlier, Paula, is that when you do get that pu- traditional publishing deal, those are few and far in between. The publishers are investing in you. So it's an additional stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I'm looking for an expert and I'm on a deadline and I want to take a chance on someone, say, who I've never interviewed, I probably go with the person who went, who got a traditional publishing deal. Yep. Um, Depends on the kind of media. Biased, right. uh, but it does, I mean, it is what it is. I do think that uh, there's a lot more credibility that comes with getting a book deal. And then, you know, you got an advance, you focused on writing that book for a long period Good of job. time. It was a very yeah. thoughtful process. And maybe by the time you've come to me, you've done some other interviews as well. You're you're more um, seasoned in in doing media, and so that's so it's still I relevant. Have, it's still relevant. I I also have interviewed a lot of people that have self published their own books, mm-hmm. and it's because I also appreciate some of their other bodies of work. I love their blog. I love their podcast. If all right. they have is a self published book and nothing else in the media, not even some articles. Oh then, yeah. It's hard For sure. to really it's suspect. Yeah. My, it's yeah, suspect. It's, it's well, yeah. I mean, because it's it. There is a straight line to self-publishing. You can go online right now and get the directions. You know, For sure. yeah, it's demonstrating. The effort. It's demonstrating mm-hmm. the effort. If you're not out there talking about it all time, uh, when you're under the pressure, I have to pay back in advance or whatever. Like you know, the the publisher is invested in you selling books. You're going to be more motivated maybe to get out there and promote it. Whereas you publish your own book, it's it's there whether you promote it or not. It's on you. Right. Um, and, and as you were saying, gatekeepers trust other gatekeepers. Yes. You know? yeah. so, and a lot of experts that I've interviewed too, you know, do self-publish books, but they had traditionally published first. First. Right. That's so right. Seth Godin. That makes a difference. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Remember Seth Godin? He was uh, one of the yeah. first to announce that, you know what, I'm from now on, I'm just self-publishing. But he also has his own publishing arm. And that's right. how, he, for him, it's, it's, it's a it's an it's an endeavor. It's a business, and um, it was a belief. It came from a mission and movement. And he's Seth Godin. So unless you are Seth Godin, and yeah, he's fine. Off. Yeah, right. right. right Paul, like having that first high five with the traditional publisher, and then being like, "Hey, I got it from here." It is makes it a difference. difference. But yeah. I do think that uh, not to discourage anyone from self publishing, I do think that there is a growing acceptance of these kinds of books. Sure. I know because even when Seth Godin announced he was going to go the self publishing route, there were a lot of uh, rolled eyes and raised mm. eyebrows and like, okay, good luck with that sort of menta- sentiment. And of course he proved them all wrong, but <laughs> of course, I think that that was imagine, And that was Seth Godin who had a huge following. Imagine if you were just, you know, Farnoosh Tarabi without <laughs> any, you know, from, uh, you know, living in obscurity and I'm going to self publish my first book. Well, right. I'm pretty sure I would not have gotten on the today show. No people are, no one is going to hear about that. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and, you know, media's we're all snobs about it, you know, just to be honest, it, it really is, uh, you know, in, in the newsroom where I was for a long time at Fox, we would, you know, have books that were self-published that would come to us all the time and be like, nobody knows who this is. But if I loved yeah. the expert and I yes. knew them already and it was like, oh, okay, but they also have this book, maybe we would mention the book or something, but that was never the reason that they were on to begin with. We liked them anyway, or we knew them for something else, or, you know, like you said, it just... It's, it's not, not the only piece, but 
Um, there is, you know, that back and forth. If you want to be a speaker, I think having a self-published book will probably help you with that. Um, you know, uh, as far as, right. Like that, that's, that's a good avenue. Why are you Mm -hmm. doing it? And it's a really important question. And I'm sure for Anush, it's one that you address in the book to brand workshop, which we'll talk about after the break. But, um, why are you doing the book? You got to ask. It's not just your intention. What's your intention and what do you want it to do? Some people have such huge consulting businesses and huge followings that they literally just want to get a book in their hands because it serves them and they don't want to put money in the pockets of the traditional publisher. They don't need it. So realize it's unique to every expert. Um, but, you know, I also want to, we want to pick Varnoosh's brain a little bit later, Paula, about what mm-hmm. role media plays, um, how to pitch the media uh, in terms specifically of getting people to listen to your book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, you know, Farnish, I want to talk a little bit uh, when we come back from the break about uh, your podcast and, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, of course. that's wildly successful. Right. And so um, a lot of people now are, are starting podcasts to promote their own books, which is kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Um, smart idea. So, uh, Terry, what, what do you say? You want to well, yes. take a break and we'll come back? Yes, we will. Because um, I'm curious about that. Not everyone should be writing a book and not everyone should be doing a podcast. In case of Farnoosh, she does both. So we're mm-hmm. going to find out how that works coming up. We'll hear from, from Farnoosh how to leverage your book for more business leads, too. That's coming up. After the break, you're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise on Voice America Variety, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. 
Now back to this week's show. Well, welcome back to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. Paula Rizzo here alongside Terry Chispicio. And uh, we are talking to Farnoosh Chorabi, creator of the Book to Brand Workshop, author and host of the So Money podcast, which Terry and I have both been delighted Very to be proud guests of on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Farnoosh, the podcast itself, you know, took on a life of its own when you started it. When um, we all, you know, uh, meet, you know, once a month with our mastermind, we have a mastermind group. Um, we do talk about the podcast quite a lot. So we're all thrilled with the success that you've had. How yeah. many downloads do you have to date? Um, almost six million. Oh my God. Six million. I Guys, that's like to get to a million. She was yeah. trying to get to one million not that long ago. Mm-hmm. That's well, amazing. amazing. Thank you. I, well, I also, mean, you did it like twice a day, every day for like a year. <laughs> I right. Say, I did it every day, seven days a week for nine months straight. <gasps> yeah. And then oh I transitioned God. to five days a week for about a year. And then we went oh to three God. days per week. Three which days. Is a full-time job. And I would do it again, all over again, the same way, because uh, even, you know, I'll tell you, I, my very first episode, I had Tony Robbins on, and I think I got like 2,500 people listened to it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, what happened? Like, so, but it's a slow burn, you know, you just have to keep putting out the content and people have to find you. And I was already out there and I, I had the real benefit of you know I have friends in the media who liked the podcast and I offer mm-hmm. transcripts and I have some celebrities on sometimes so my friends who work for dot coms who need content a lot wow. of content they would pour through these transcripts and create articles with links back to the show about what isn't that Ray interesting what a smart yeah smart yeah. Gave out so that coupled the with the frequency uh, and just not giving up allowed us to hit a million downloads within like seven weeks and then um, just continue. Seven to, weeks, you had a million. Well, was, and your content. Maybe, sorry, it was a hundred thousand in seven weeks, and then it was a million by like that summer. Wow. I mean, and your content is really great, Farnish. I have to say, like, it's Thank very. You. you know, obviously, you're a producer. You you know what you're doing. So, um, the the guests that you have, um, you know, the the questions that you answer, because I know you do the Ask Farnoosh segment. Um, it's all really thoughtful, really great stuff. Thank um, you. What do you What do you think of people who start podcasts for the the sole purpose? Well, maybe not sole purpose, but part of it is to promote a book. Um, a lot of people are doing that now. What do you think? Um, I think if it's good content. I, you know, I'm not going to discriminate and say, you know, only certain types of people with certain agendas should have podcasts. I think that at the end of the day, if you, if you are putting out quality content that is serving a market and you can capture an audience and along the way, introduce them to some of your other offerings, Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. I think that a podcast is, if anyone thinks a podcast is easy to produce, they're mistaken. So... (laughs) I challenge anybody who wants to do that. I think that's a, a worthwhile challenge, though. I think that, um, you know, there are enough blogs out there. There are a lot of YouTube videos. And while podcasting is a huge trend, it's still a small fraction of the online media world. And that said, yes. the listeners only have so much bandwidth, so much, so many time, so many hours in the day to listen to shows. But if you right. can find a way to break through that clutter and, and, and really, I mean, so... It's fine to have the goal of using the podcast as a vehicle to promote whatever you want to promote. I use the podcast to sometimes promote things as well. But, you know, my intention was never to capture an audience to sell something to them. Yeah, it was see, to that's the key. 
That's what I'm saying. It was content. You you believed in the podcast on its own. Yes, I did. And I think that's what has given it longevity and has allowed me to continue with it and not burn out. I think that if you want it as a prospective author, maybe do a volume of episodes, a season, that's Mm -hmm. fine. I think that that for a reader of a book, that might be a great supplement to a book. Yeah. If you are good on the air, by the way, and you happen yes. to be because you're good on the air and you've trained to be, but mm-hmm. I, I'm going to just chime in and say, unless you can have great content and deliver it in a compelling way, you don't just do it to do it to promote a book. No, no, no. Just like you don't just write a book to write a book. No, exactly. It's, it's easier than I don't like these ideas. <laughs> exactly. But you mm-hmm. cannot substitute yourself on the podcast. No, you cannot. Well, Furnish, people are not writing books for the health. Some people are. Those books aren't going anywhere. But people who are <laughs> writing books for a purpose, right? They do serve a business purpose. So talk to us about what we can expect in terms of ROI on a book. And I mean, not just book sales, though people are curious about that, but how it does contribute to, to your income. Well, a book is really a vehicle to get you out there and in front of other kinds of deal makers and decision makers. And if you are somebody who's interested in speaking more and getting paid for that, doing brand partnerships, television work, uh, gosh, consulting, increasing clients and getting people to to know who you are and what your business is as a coach or a consultant or whatever, an architect. I mean, there's anybody... uh, can benefit from a book if they know what their goal is and, and what it, what purpose it's serving. And you do know, you over- think it's tied to your income though? Like, do you think because absolutely books, it has more- been for many years, I don't know if I have another book in me and I don't know if that's important for me to focus my attention on that right now. For me, I've done three and they've served me very well. I'm having a, I'm rocking and rolling with the podcast. That for me is kind of the book 2.0 because right. yes. you know, it's a, another vehicle for me to, attract audiences, let people know what I'm all about. Um, I'm also able to monetize the podcast in many different ways. I've leveraged it because I'll tell you, like when I went to get my Oprah, I was in the Oprah offices to interview for the column that I write. Mm-hmm. We talked about the podcast most of the time. Um, so, But the book is the foundation in yes, a lot of ways, it was right? the book so- that helped me to continue to have exposure, be out there and gave me the expertise to then host a podcast. I have a body of work. You can leverage it for a long time. Like I was saying before, I mean, my book has been out for three years and I'm still sort of promoting it and still, you know, people see you as the expert in that, in that area. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh, the book comes out period, the end, you know, for some people, they they think that, but Um, but I think not, right? You you can, you can get paid more. Listen, I just sold um, a few hundred copies of Your So Money, which is now going on its tenth year, to um, at a speaking event. You know, as huh. part of the as part of the arrangement for booking me, and so um, that's why it helps to have maybe a few different kinds of books because uh, if you do have those many different kinds of uh, points of view, um, because maybe you're speaking at one point to an audience of young adults and there's mm-hmm. a more appropriate book for them, or next you're talking to an audience of women and there's a more appropriate book for them. So I have Strategy. now a few books that mm-hmm. I feel like depending on what the crowd is interested in, I can bring into the, the deal. Strategery. Strategery. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So, it but can now, I mean, people are, so one more thing: people are now using books as um, 
like this works better for people who are like in the health and fitness space maybe or or like food where they're integrating brand partnerships into the book and um some are a little more over the top with it than i think is uh acceptable like mentions you mean like mentions but you know mm. uh, for example i didn't make a ton of money doing this but it was very helpful in um uh, getting people to buy the book. So I partnered with some brands in the run up to the book launch of my last book, When She Makes More, and said, mm-hmm. look, I have a whole chapter dedicated to outsourcing. So I approached some of my favorite companies that facilitate making people's lives easier, like TaskRabbit and sure. um, some other companies. And I was like, I'm going to be doing a huge media tour with this book. And I would love it is an early bird special to give my early bird buyers like a gift card to your service. And I mentioned you in the book and mm-hmm. I wouldn't mention them no matter what, but it was another right. way for, for me to like feel like I had some financial support in the See, that That feels authentic to me because I did a similar thing with my book too, but um, you know, post-it notes and that kind of thing. But right. um and uh, I'm trying to think there was like a whole bunch of list paper and things that I was like, oh, I mentioned it because I like it. And it wasn't because Evernote, they had, yeah, yeah, Evernote, that kind of stuff. But I wonder, so you're saying though, it's going the opposite way where people are sort of being paid to mention it in their book. Yeah, they are. It feels kind of icky to me. It feels icky. Um, yeah, feels though icky. There are better ways to go about it that are more, it's more transparent and it's also, it's meaty for the book. So if you wanted to say partner with a brand to do a survey that, mm-hmm integrates into your book nicely. And when you go and do media, you can reference this survey that you did in partnership with XYZ brand that they may pay you for that. You know, a lot of brands Mm -hmm. have uh, done that. And I think that again, if it serves a quality purpose for the book and it's win-win for each for the writer and also the brand, why not? It's these opportunities aren't abundant, but I think if you can think about that, that might be another way to monetize your book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, now, what about the first thing you tell people they should do when they start thinking about a book? You do have a, a workshop um, where I'm, you know, you do go through the steps of how this works. So right. tell us about that. Sure. Well, I think the first step is before you even come up with the book is sort of do a more deeper dive into who you are as a as a thought leader, as someone who wants to be a uh, an expert in this field, a more widely recognized expert in your field? Have you surveyed your market? What are some other books that are already out there? Are you just adding to the noise? Are you just echoing what's already out there? A lot of Mm -hmm. times we think we have this new idea or this different counterintuitive, uh, nuanced idea, but really maybe we haven't done the research. And we just do homework. There's already a similar book out there. And that's not to say that your idea can't fly, Um, Because in some ways that indicates that there is interest in what you have to say. There's already a couple of books out there with with a similar message, but it's really about how to make it uniquely yours. And these days, if you want to get a a published deal, sorry, like a Simon & Schuster or a Penguin, they obviously want to buy books that have compelling ideas, but they also want to have books that have compelling authors behind them. So as much as you want to get your book idea ready, you have to get yourself sort of author ready, right? To Mm -hmm. present yourself in a way that is attractive to a publisher. So what does that mean? You know, who are you? Do you really have a following? You don't need a huge following. I don't want to discourage people who don't have like, you know, a million followers on Instagram, but are you active out there? Are you engaging already with your audience in some capacity? Because the marketing of this is going to really be the true litmus test of the success of this book. Like, are you going to be able to get it in people's hands? 
people write great books all the time. Nobody reads them because they don't know that they exist. And Mm -hmm. so that's a huge part of the execution. So I would say, you know, spend as much time thinking about that as, as you do on your big idea. That's really Mm -hmm. key, getting yourself in a place where you're ready. Because sometimes, even though we're talking about books, you don't want to be so book-centric that you don't see all of the other contributing factors to a book's success, which is really your success. So marketing has something to do with it. And as we were saying earlier in the show, it doesn't start the day it comes out. How? What's the most important thing to collect when you're starting to uh, think about your book? Oh, gosh. Start reading reviews of other books. Start to really get educated on what the reader market um, likes, doesn't like. What are some of the voids that are that they're not the underserved messages? Um, start to talk to other authors and get their point of view. Recent authors who've recently published what's worked, what hasn't for them in terms of strategy. Get those best practices figured out because it's always changing. You know, what worked five years ago or even six months ago may not now. And start building building relationships with people who in a year would love to help you with your book launch. And as opposed to waiting a week before your book comes out to do a big uh, blitz and um, mass email to all these people who have no idea who you are. I did that with When She Makes More. Oh, nine months, a year before the book was about to come out. I started to host breakfasts in New York. Um, with people that I knew and then I didn't know and um, a lot of them women, professional women, because I wanted to pick their brains about, well, if they were in this situation of being a female breadwinner or if they are, what are the issues that they're tackling? What um, what are some stories that they can share? Uh, yeah, you got you to dig into the material. Yeah, and then these people yeah. would then be my, my soldiers on the ground when the book came out to help to you know, share it with their friends and and, you know, it's, it's yes, you want to maybe um, get some people on your team that have huge followings to help spread the word. But even just one person can make a huge difference. And I, someone who loves it. Yeah. Emails. Yeah. What about emails? Emails. Well, I was so trying I would, to lead you to that. <laughs> exactly. So I would share the, the behind the scenes of the book to my email list. No, and, no, but to grow the email. A lot of people don't even have a list. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. To mm-hmm. grow the email list. Um, That's important, too. Right. It is. It is. And I will say that's not that's never been my focus. Oh. Uh, I because I just I've uh, been busy with all the other things, but I yeah, Farnoosh has like kind of got a full plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but wait, hang on, Farnoosh, we want to get to is talk a little bit about the book to brand workshop, because the fact is and we do just have a few minutes. So we have yeah. very, a little bit of time. But tell us about what the book to brand workshop is and who you're looking for. Yeah, it's a thank you. It's a two day live event that I host in New York City, where I invite people, entrepreneurs, subject matter experts, people who are already successful in their in their niche, but want to write a book. It's been on their bucket list for a while. They either don't have the time, the resources, they don't know where to start. So Mm -hmm. the workshop is where a lot of these people get their start and also get the best practices and access to the best people to help them navigate this entire process of writing the book, marketing the book, leveraging the book. So it's two days. We walk you through. uh, We workshop your idea. We help you connect with literary agents, publishers, feedback on the book. Yeah, it's very high touch. It's just Mm -hmm. eight, 10 people that I enroll every workshop because I want to make sure they're getting the FaceTime that they're uh, terrific. Their payment has demanded. It's yes. not a low ticket item. 
It's not for everyone, but it is absolutely worth checking out if this is something you want to look into and are very serious about doing. It's booktobrand.co. That's booktobrand.co. Please tell them that you, please tell Farnoosh you heard about it here on Voice America with Terry and Paula. That matters. We want you to know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for for joining us. And if you're wondering how you can get into this media game yourself, we also have a free gift for you. It is a free video course that we created with Terry Terry and I did, and it's called uh, Be a Media. MediaMagnet.com. So if you go there, you'll get instant access. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. And until next week, I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Chispicio. And you do have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Thank you for joining us for Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel for another edition of the show featuring your hosts, Paula Rizzo and Terry Trespicio. We'll talk again next week. 